Good. All right. Welcome to the A1 Podcast. Your host, Oscar Lee. I'm joined today by 49ers, International uh, Lipstock Eagles, uh, Delta State, and De Anza College quarterback, Kevin Vi. Kevin, how are you doing today, brother? Pretty good, man. Just kind of hanging in there, you know? Yeah. So you're working, right? You're working today. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I thought I thought I, I thought most people were gonna take the week off, but you're like the first one, so it was actually working no, like me. I'm working all the way up, and I'm working all the way up until middle of New Year's Eve. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, dude, like I'm working like all the way. Oh, yeah, same thing. Uh, New Year's Eve, I'm working, and then pretty much then I have New Year's Day off. But yeah, the grind never stops. So check this out. You see these? Okay, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> Okay, yeah, for the listeners who don't know, Kevin was the MVP uh, of our, we'll get into this, Kevin was the MVP of the 2009 uh, uh, Bay Valley Conference, as well as, you know, the, they won the, the Bay, Valley, Bay Valley Conference champion, and they won the bowl game that year, and he was, and he set, he set school records at De Anza for most passing TDs for 41, and higher passing rating, I believe, and then, uh, was there any records, Kevin, I missed out? Yeah, it was most touchdown passes in the season. Um, also, that was within a nine-game schedule because our 10th game was actually um, Gavlin College forfeited due to the lack of their – one of their stadium lights was out. And <laughs> Damn. also we tried to reschedule – we tried to reschedule to our home and they just didn't want to play us there, so they had to forfeit. Wow. Okay, yeah, that, that's crazy. I never heard of a JUCO team forfeiting. Um, you know, I mean – when They didn't want it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, you guys came and beat us to 44 to zero. And I, I mean, you know, we got our asses beat, but I mean, we, we still took the beating, you know what I mean? Just because I mean, it's about competing, yeah. but I think some, some teams, like you said, you know I mean? If, 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 if whatever excuse they want to come in, I know guys have trouble traveling, but Gavlin's not too far from De Anza. I mean, that's like, like an hour at most, you know what I mean? It's literally, like I said, I live in Gilroy. So even going to De Anza, yeah, it was like a 45 minute drive. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, even if they didn't want to get a bus, athletes themselves could have driven themselves there with no problem and i'm pretty sure half of them probably lived in san jose so <laughs> yeah exactly man easy money so all right so how you been how's 2020 been for you i mean it's been crazy here for lots of people i know that um kind of what do you do now you work in software sales right is that, is that what you do correct okay. yeah so i work in software sales so i sell the major corporations enterprise level uh mid-market um, you know, I've closed deals with a company called like Tom's Shoes and, and various other type of big businesses like Google and Verizon, a few other ones. Awesome, man. So, yeah, I was working IT. I'm an IT consultant. So it looks like us being born and raised in the Bay, we kind of transitioned after the tech after we finished like college. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. And, you know, for me, jumping into software sales was kind of like the natural next progression, not only just growing up in the Bay Area, but also it's it's a sales mentality. You're part of a team. It's right. You're driving towards a goal together as a team, as a, as a company. I just look at it at that standpoint and every deal you're closing is like you're scoring points for your team, you know? So. Facts. Facts. And obviously, like I said, yesterday, yesterday's guest Cody gave you kind of mentioned, mentioned you because we're talking about the Eagles and Andrew, who's going to be our guest on Thursday, got injured and you were obviously were called in from Berlin. And, and I mean, kind of to talk to me about that a little bit before, before we get started with the beginning. So that experience. Yeah, no. So actually at the time, yeah. So I'd actually signed a contract. We were actually, it's funny. I was actually about to play arena football. Um, yeah. I was actually in the middle of camp with the Spokane shock. Oh, wow. Um, and I already knew with arena and understanding the, how would I say it? The exclusivity and percentage of an actual quarterback from arena going to the NFL right. is the lowest out of any position anywhere. Right. Yeah. So I think it was like, believe it or not, still today, actually the last quarterback taken from Arena is still Kurt Warner. So uh, 
that being said, when I had, you know, when I looked at the European league, I saw multitudes of guys that were just getting into the NFL that were getting into teams. And I found out NFL teams own those teams. So, and they're, they're playing NFL rules out there on an NFL field, you know, in big stadiums. So I was like, that's, that was the next logical progression. Plus they paid better. So um, I actually had a contract sent over to me in the middle of camp while I was in the dorm at the Spokane shock and I signed with the Berlin rebels. I went over there uh, and believe it or not, I think it was like the, the first month I was there. Uh, they actually have um, a rival team, which was the Berlin Adlers, right? Um, they're literally like, as they say, across the bridge um, in town rivalry. And we lost like 10 guys to them. Uh, and like oh, wow. three or four were supposed to, yeah, three or four were supposed to be like the premier guys on the team. Um, so it was already tough sledding out the gate, right? So going in, I think our first, I got through, I think, six games with them. Uh, did really well. I was averaging like three touchdown passes a game. Um, I was averaging like 40, 50 yards rushing a game. I had like six rushing touchdowns already. Um, Cooking. But it just, it was like, yeah, right. But we were, we ended up being like two and four, um, right. you know, because then guys started getting hurt and we just, you know, we couldn't compete on that level in terms of, uh, of talent. And also the thing is you got to realize in, in the European League, you're only allowed two Americans on each side of the ball. So, me being a quarterback, right? All that either I either have just a running back or I have just a receiver, right? That's on that's probably from a college level athleticism, right? Other than that, it's guys from Germany, it's guys from Poland, it's guys from all over in, in the European Union that can play right uh on that team and have a contract. Um so yeah, so when you start losing guys, everything starts happening. So it gets it's it's pretty difficult. So once we hit two and four, um all of a sudden, you know. I remember the Warsaw Eagles before reaching out to me. Um, and I know they reached out to me kind of when Andrew went down, they said, Hey, like, I know you're still playing in Berlin, but you know, would you be willing to come over here? And even then when I was talking to the Berlin rebel coaches there, they're like, yeah, Hey, I think we're just going to kind of can this season. Like we just kind of want to just heal up and, and just kind of just let our German players kind of get at it. So he's like, you know, if you want to look at other teams, go ahead. Um, so which was awkward and weird to me, right? Because I'm used to a team being committed and, and wanting to finish the yeah, season and, and right. stuff like that, right? Yeah. But out there, it's a little bit different. Uh, so they're like, hey, we just want to save your time. We don't want you to get beat up and get, like, injured or anything. So just, you know, do what you need to do. So um, obviously, like, not even a week later, boom, Warsaw called me, and I, I got on a train, and I was there and I think, eight hours, and I had two – two practices and then the next thing and, I'm, and then i'm playing a game that week <laughs> so, <laughs> fuck dude <laughs> yeah Man. so two days two days of practice uh get out there and win us this game and uh <laughs> yeah we ended up uh we actually ended up winning that game i think it was like 47 to like 14 we wow blew that team out um and i already had instant rapport with the guys uh we had quite a few americans on the team and they did it right right so they would interject those american players based on positions and team or and, and kind of instances of what happened right so we had an american running back we had an american receiver mm-hmm. right uh believe it or not our receiver um he actually had a number one play uh on espn <laughs> he had like some crazy 105 yard kick return for a touchdown so where he broke like eight tackles it was insane nice. um yeah and then when he got back to states he actually ended up playing arena uh i can't remember for who um i'd have to look at it again 
But yeah, no. So I got over there and then I, I kind of just took over that team and we just went on a huge win streak. I think we won what seven games in a row. Um, and then we got, we got all the way to the super final playoffs. We got to the semifinal portion. So out there, they, they call their Super Bowl called the super final. Right. Yep. So, <laughs> uh, so we got to the semifinals and we played uh, the Hawks and they had a pretty good quarterback there. Uh, I think his name was Lance Creason, I believe. Um, big guy, 6'4". Um, and I think we, we came in, we were down 21-3, and we came back and took the lead 24-23. Wow. They scored a touchdown, um, and then there was like, I want to say 20 seconds left, which felt like an eternity, where I hit a guy for touchdown 70 yards, and they called a pass interference on offense opposite side of the field away from the play had nothing to do with it and i was like for me in my head i'm just laughing i didn't i didn't think i wasn't mad i was just laughing because i'm like that's just that's european thinking right like oh this is definitely offensive i'm like but it's it's nowhere near the play so it it can't be offensive pi yeah (laughs) the ball seven yards down the field (laughs) exactly um right so that got called back we got a 10-yard penalty and then i hit another guy for 45 yards he got out of bounds and then we had another um, and then we had 10 seconds left and then we got holding call and then we got a false start. And then, then I took off running. I got out of bounds for like seven yards with six seconds. And then I hit my guy again, uh, for a 60 yard touchdown to take. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got a penalty. And after that, it was, it was, uh, and then we, I think we got a penalty. And I think at that point we're at the 50 yard line with like four seconds left. Um, and I actually had to come out of the game. It was like fourth down. I had to come out the game because in that play, my helmet came off. So uh, they said you had to sit out of play. So they, they do kind of co-mingle some of the college uh, rules with the NFL. So mm-hmm. when my helmet came off, they're like, all right, you got to sit out of play. So um, I think actually Andrew was good by then. He came in that last play and it was just, you know, it was just a kind of a, a shitty situation to come in on and, and not having played. Right. So. Um, I think he completed a pass, but our guy got like tackled right away. Um, and then we ended up losing that. So Damn. Yeah. It happens, man. Yeah. I mean, politics and shit like that. I was talking to Cody about it. Like the indoor scene, obviously, like I me, mean, I got to, I got this ring kind of what you talk about the lack of organization. Yeah. It was like we basically had to put together a traveling team to go to the championship game. And we technically we yeah. weren't even supposed to be there, but we we, we got we we had the best record because uh, the actual West Coffee champs were suspended. So we by by default, basically, since they forfeited their season, we had to go sub in for them. And then we had to travel. We get there. Only like 20 of us were 15 to 20 of us were able to make the trip. So obviously we don't even have our we don't even have our starters. We have five of our 20 starters, right? Or our made 16 starters in arena. So eight man. So I mean, I totally I get it. You know, I mean, just it's, it's different. It's a different kind of environment. Um, you know, obviously yeah. from the college and arena where we played, or you played in the NFL, but obviously college and arena. So, uh, anyhow, um, kind of. So yeah, let's start with the beginning. So obviously, you said you're from Gilroy, but you actually grew up in San Jose, right? Or am I not? So I, I actually, so I grew up in, I was born and raised in San Jose. I yeah. was in San Jose all the way up until I was the age of like eight. Yeah. And then my parents moved me to, we moved to Gilroy, right? Yo, so okay. yeah, but my entire family, everybody went. Believe it or not, my entire my brother, my sister, all my cousins, everybody went to Leland High School, yep. um, which is funny. But yeah, when I went to when I when I grew up in Gilroy, the other later part of my half, yeah. So I was still That's, able to go to Oak Grove. Though. Nice, yeah, you went to Oak Grove. I remember, yeah. Okay, and I think was Larry Larry was Larry Lacotti there? Was he was he yeah. there? Larry Lacotti came in his senior year from Evergreen High School. He transferred 
um, because I think also uh, he was a senior and I think uh, the team that he was on at Evergreen, I think majority of that team was seniors. So yeah, yeah. when he was a junior, so they had to rebuild and he was on that, he was on the division line in terms of living of choosing Evergreen or Oak Grove. So his senior year, he was able to just do an easy transfer to Oak Grove. Yeah. It's funny because I thought when I, when I walked on SJCC uh, spring 08, Larry is one of the, one of the first guys I met, obviously when I was, when I was probably starting playing there. So Obviously, you know, the yeah. rest of history, you know, Coach Dub and all those guys. But anyhow, that's cool. No, cause yeah. I, I, I remember you went to Oak Grove. But talk to me, was, was football your number one sport growing up? Or was it, were you a multi-sport athlete? Kind of talk to me about that. I was definitely multi-sport. My two primary was football and baseball. Baseball, um, right. Yeah. And in baseball, I, I could have, I, I had, a, I mean, out of high school, I had a really good choice. Like I had an opportunity to go just pursue baseball. Yeah. And I had an opportunity to just go straight football. Right. So I took the football route because I felt like quarterback position felt more of my my thing. It was more of a team sport. It was more of a something where I was more hands on and learning versus baseball where, yeah, it is a team sport, but there's also just individual performance. Right. Right. Um, you know, but yeah, I know baseball. I could have used I played in the Bay Area World Series, which is like the top. I think it's like top 50 all stars in the in, in Northern California. Yeah. Uh, they play They get evaluated by scouts. Um, so yeah, I was definitely, I got looked at by single A, a couple of single A baseball teams. Um, cause out of, out of high school, I had an average of 300 batting average all four years. <laughs> um, and I averaged over, <laughs> yeah, and I averaged over 30 stolen bases every single season. So, um, and I played center field and I was a closing pitcher. Nice. Yeah. Pitcher and quarterback kind of goes hand in hand, right? <laughs> Different motions, <Yeah>. but still. <laughs> yeah. I just see there. Yeah. And so obviously after, after high school, um, you went to, did you go straight to CC? Did you go straight to C college San Francisco? Did you sit out? Can I, what can I talk to me? Yeah. About that? So, yeah. So out of Oak Grove, right. Like at the time we were like, you know, San Jose state was like, Hey, you know, you want to walk on whatever, you know, your brother went here and I was, you know, being young, I was just like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go play at a, you know, I want to go play at a powerhouse or something, but you know, that was just me being dumb and, and not understanding like, the aspects of saying if I were to do it all over again, I would definitely like just have walked on there and earned a scholarship, but yeah. Um, but that's just hindsight. Right. So yeah, I went and walked on, I went to CCSF. They, they, they gray shirted me, which if some people don't understand a gray shirt is where you are a part-time student, you take less than 12 units and you are officially on the team but not listed on the roster right so you practice with the team you train with the team and you save a year of eligibility and then after that yeah after i gray shirted uh i gray shirted behind jeremiah masoli yep right who played quarterback at oregon and the um, nfl and then <laughs> yeah and then did his thing and now he's in the cfl yeah, CFL, uh, yeah. i think he's with Sam peters or calgary something i don't, I don't know who he's with um and then the next year uh there was another guy that was older than me he was a sophomore he had gray shirted red shirted then sat a year (laughs) so (laughs) and then you know um yeah and then it was his turn and then i think it was like the third game of the season no second game of the season he got injured um and they actually believe it or not they we had a bounce back come in that exact week from I want to say San Diego state, or it was from one of the Cal universities. And they were like, Oh, he's the bounce back. Sorry, Kevin, but we're just going to throw him in. You know? <laughs> what? Uh, Fuck, I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, I guarantee you I'm better than this guy. He was Fuck yeah. over there. That's why they're bouncing him back. Come on. 
Yeah. Uh, so like literally the first game that guy plays, he gets injured. And then, you know, I get thrown in, in a, in a huge rivalry game. It was us against Fresno city college at home at city college, San Francisco. Um, and we, we came back, we ended up losing by three in that game. But after that, since I took over the starting job, we, we won every game since we went seven and zero from there. Um, and the reason why from there I decided to transfer as I'm pretty sure that would probably be your next question. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, is because bounce back city college, San Francisco at the time was all about promoting and supporting athletes that are bounced back from the universities. Right. So anybody that gets bounced back, they're immediately getting the starting, they're getting the starting job. doesn't matter how hard that guy that was there before two or three years working his ass off. They're going to just move you to the side, put the bounce back in and let them go. Right. And, and to that point, I mean, I think, I think it's interesting because politics exists at every level post high school. People are like, Oh yeah. Once you get past high school, you know, everything gets easier. No, it doesn't, man. Because you know, I have different, different no. Juco's, especially you and I know this playing, you know, that same, the Juco season right after, right after you transferred to Oh nine. I mean, there's so many fucking politics that go into play, right? I mean, obviously with you, with the bounce back situations, with me, San Jose City College, basically, you know, I left the team for that for that reason. And basically, Coach Dub wasn't returning. He went to Fresno State. He got a better opportunity there. I figured, you know, I'm not going to yeah. say I'm going to go West Valley. You know, it, it's, it, made, it made sense to me, you know? Yeah, exactly. And what's funny is before I even transferred to De Anza, right, I went, I actually, I showed up to San Jose City College because Carlton Connor. Yeah, right? Coach Connor. Yep, Coach really, Lee. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what was tough. So like, so it's funny. So in the in the JUCO world, there was Coach Connor, yeah, Coach Atencio, yep. Coach Lango. Yep. Those three guys are all good friends with my dad, who originally back in the day all coached at Gavlin City College, where my brother was the quarterback. Dude, right? yeah. Um, and you know, um, so like it was tough for me because it's like I kind of grew up with everybody and yeah. being a kid and being on the sideline of both San Jose City games and, and De Anza games and all that other stuff. So it was like I went and looked at San Jose City, see what was there, and then I went to De Anza. But the biggest thing for me when I went to De Anza was my office coordinator, Santos, was like, hey, you're going to throw the ball 40 times a game. I'm going to put you in shotgun, and I'm even going to let you just sometimes just when you're out there, I'm going to just let you free reign it and pick some plays and run with it, right? And I was right. all about that because – Growing up, even at Oak Grove, like I sometimes I changed plays. I even though coach would give me a play, I'd go in the huddle, and be like, "No, I don't like that play. We're gonna go with this play." Because uh, <laughs> uh, I was a big Peyton Manning guy growing up. Right, I was actually yeah. 18 all the way through my junior college stint. Um, but yeah, that's, that was the reason why I, I decided to go with Deanza over City and a, and a few other a few other JUCOs that that wanted me to come there. Yeah, and obviously Coach Tense also was very kind of persuasive with me too when I was making my decision. He's very I'm not sure what the word is. He's just, he's very personable and, you know, and he's, I guess you could say he's kind of like a player's coach in the sense that he was yeah. talking to me about, you know what he said? I mean, since, since we're done playing, I'm just going to say, you know what he told me about was SJCC? He's all like, oh yeah, awesome. If you're SJCC, you know, we call them over here at De Anza. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, we call them, you call them San Jose City, we call them San Jose Shitty. <laughs> I was like, dude. Yeah. Oh man, he was awesome, right? man. Yeah. And even for yeah. me, because I, I wasn't able to play in high school because of my grades. Coach, Coach Atencio, Coach Connor, the South Bay was a lot more gracious and welcoming in because I tried to go Chabot and De Anza. Not De Anza, sorry. Chabot and DBC out here in the East Bay. And it was just a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. It was a bunch of bullshit, dude. Like, they didn't even, like, they didn't give me yeah. the time of day. Like, where's your film? I'm like, dude, I, di- I didn't play. I want to, I want to, you know, walk on. And Coach Atencio was one of the few guys, like Coach Connor, who was like, okay, yeah, come here. We'll yeah. kind of learn, learn. And, you know, and same thing with Coach Wink at West Valley. So it was awesome, you know? So, yeah, great, great, great coaches. Great coaches. So, 
Um, and kind of, so now, now you're at De Anza, right? So now you, you spent two years, obviously at CCSF, you actually got to play in a way. And I think you have more passing yards than the, than the guy behind you, whoever it was. I'm, I'm not sure who it was you, Jeremiah Masoli and whoever the other two guys were, but you actually got to have, I, I, mean, I looked it up just, just, just out of curiosity. So, I mean, obviously yeah. you're right in, in kind of your ability and your talent, you were better. I mean, just, you were better. That, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Now you're at De Anza. Now yeah. it's basically even playing field because I can attest that firsthand. There's no bullshit. Yeah. It's the best, the best exactly. man gets the job. So talk to me about that. <laughs> yeah. So no, when I got to De Anza, it was, it was straight up like, you know, Atencio knew what type of player I was at Oak Grove. Yep. Uh, you know, all the apps, some of the athletes that were already there had played against me yep. um, or were somewhat teammates with me. And I even, some city college, San Francisco guys actually came with me over to De Anza yeah um at the time so uh when i got there it was like hey this is this is your job 100 percent um it's yours to lose right yeah. it's just don't bug it up uh that's pretty much kind of what he told me and from there it was, it was going to be a grind and it was it was not just only to go to to, to De Anza and play well and try and get a scholarship but it was also like a kind of like a city college i'm just go you fucked up tour yeah. uh you know what i mean so uh, bench tour number honest. 18 <laughs> Yeah, so I was very, very adamant on it, and and I, I was gonna be like, no matter what their quarterback does, I'm gonna outperform them. Doesn't matter. Right. So, right. Um, yeah. So that's what ended up happening. When I got to the end, right? So I just started learning the offense, picking it up, being able to call audibles left and right. We had guys come in. Kendall Hennon was huge uh, for me. He was a great receiver. He listened really well. Um, if I said, hey, I, like I know you run the route this way, I need you to run it like this on this play um, because of the defense is doing this, and then you know. We actually got uh, another big time transfer, which I can remember his name right now, but he was, uh, he was like six, three, six, four receiver on the outside too to help support Kennan. And then all of a sudden we got a bounce back guy from, uh, for a tight end. He was like six, six. And the next <laughs> thing you know, I, I have, I have these, I finally have some like legit receivers and tight ends and I'm like, let's go. Let's go. So. And the rest is history. And obviously, you guys went seven and three, which improved drastically from the yeah. previous year's record. And then you blew out, you know. Us. Why, by the way, why did you have to blow us out, dude? Like, I, I never got to ask that question on the field because I was like, just like we're just walking I, off. We're just us. I mean, I mean, what, so dude? Like, <laughs> I had a, I had a, I had a, I had a deal. I had a deal with Santos. That was one of my other, my other things where I came over there. I was like, I don't leave the field unless I have four more touchdown passes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's not happening. I was like, I'm gonna break some records and I'm gonna get myself up there and I'm gonna we're gonna help put DNs on the map too offensively and then that way you'll trust me, you'll get more quarterbacks that'll come here. And he's like, I agree with you, let's do it. I was like, yeah, it's like we're gonna hurt some feelings, but whatever, they're gonna have to just get over it. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, so that's why every game you saw it was like, Yeah, it's fourth quarter, I'm still in, it's you know, it's thirty five to three and I'm throwing a seventy yard bomb for a touchdown, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking dude, you! I just remember, golly, because I was playing special teams. And they rotated me in and out on slot, but I wasn't really getting the ball. I wasn't getting targets. I was just kind of there to block and be a decoy. And I'd see you kind of, and I was just like, and I was obviously I was getting the reps, you know, in the fourth quarter. And you, I was like, dude, you're still. I was like, I was, I was like, yo, like 18's still out here. I was like, damn, bro. Like, I mean, is he not tired? <laughs> like, why is he still out here? Like, did, like the, the, the game's over. Like, if it's like, you know, it's. I mean, I thought, I thought that was a true testament to your character. It wasn't so much just that. It's not that you're trying to run up the score. It's not just that you're trying to run up film. You want to, like you said, it's it's to prove to yourself, whatever happened at CCSF, that that's not that's not representative of you as an athlete or as a player. That's not representative as you. It's you proving yourself and kind of with me, Coach Dub, and almost every player who played during that season in the JUCO, either yeah. at De Anza, San Jose City, West Valley, right? You proving yourself you can do it. 
and you prove yourself that you have that ability. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what yeah. I got away from that. And I mean, that's why I never really took it to heart because like, you know, it's like, I get blown out. It's fine. You guys had it, you know, tomorrow's guest, Nate was your teammate during that season. And, you know, we'll probably talk a little more about that too. Right. But I mean, kind of, you know, I mean, I mean, you guys, you guys killed it. You, you know, and so you definitely redeem yourself in my opinion for CCSI. Yeah. No, fully agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Actually, when that season, when that season was over, I actually got, a, I actually got a text from the offense quarter, was Coach Hayes. He actually sent me a text. He goes, he, he sent, it was, it was like, Kevin, you know, hell of a job this season. He goes, I don't know what I didn't see or what I was thinking. He goes, the offense you guys ran there was very similar to what we run. He goes, I just, he's like, honestly, I should have just, I should have just committed and gave you that shot. And I think it would have been a, a great thing, right? Yep, so, yep. So at least he admitted it. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, the best feeling is when you get that text from like whoever, whoever doubted you, you know what I mean? And that's kind of the whole point of us playing. And obviously when I talked to Cody about yesterday, it's like the same thing. It's like the longer you play, the, the, the smaller the circle gets. And then like, like a, we're all separated by one person. Right. And kind of like, you know, and, and when you're able to prove to some of those people back when you started, whoever doubted you, like, you know, for me, it's the coaches at Chabot or the coaches at fucking DVC. You never played your shit out of luck. You know, but hey, here I am 12 years later and I was able to, you know, play as long as I could in arena, semi-pro, wherever, and, you know, and obviously, you know, to you, obviously you're able to not only redeem yourself, you know, for CCSF, but then the coach the following year after you had your MVP season and like, you know, you, you guys blew through everything, he he's acknowledging his mistake. And that to me is also yeah. a true testament of accountability and also redemption for you. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. And I think that year, that year too, in terms of this, in, ter- in terms of, uh, what was it? The state in terms of like the nation, in terms of quarterbacks, I, I think I ended up getting, I think it was either second team or third team. Cause they do the thing for the nation. It was like second team or third. And I think it was actually second team. I got second team quarterback, um, all state. All American. So, yeah. All state. Yeah. yeah all American. And the guy that beat me out for that was Cam Newton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Blink college, bro. I remember watching. Yeah. He only had 1800 yard passing, but he had, 1800 yards rushing and 20 touchdowns rushing <laughs> <laughs> man you know the njcaa versus the ccc double cccaa it's just like you know it's a different dynamic down there in texas bro that's all they do yeah i mean they don't do anything else so i mean you know fucking but you know what hey being behind cam newton's pretty good company to be in you know what i mean I, i'd still take yeah. that you know to be a juco american my cam newton so now, okay, now obviously talking about kind of after the season because you went to Delta State, but did you have other offers on the table? Because I'm sure you did, right? Yeah, so so I did have a I had an offer at San Jose State again. <laughs> nice. I turned it down because just because once again it was San Jose State. They were in. They just lost Trafalis. They lost a couple of guys. Adam, it was yep. a rebuilding year for them. I think that was the year they went like they won like two games. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I went, yeah, so I ended up taking Delta State, but like my, my biggest knock on me throughout football was always my size. Like the thing is, is I'm not a small guy. Like, like now I would be a perfect fit for NFL because they don't care. You're 5'10", 5'11", 6 foot, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm 6'2". Yeah. So I'm not like short, short, and I'm not, I'm not ideal at the time of the height. Everybody was looking at 6'4". Oh, 6'4", like, you got a scholarship. You didn't even play. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, so that was, you know, that was the biggest thing there for me was it was height and weight. And my height at the time was I was 6'2", 205. Right. Um, so, like, just in terms of offers, like, I, I, that was the biggest knock. No one else could think why. My accuracy was there. I had, like, 60% completion. My stats were there. You know, maybe they looked at our division, you know, as, you know, the other 
portion that some recruiters said is that they said that I made things look too easy, which could make the league look not very strong. Um, Wait, and I'm what? like, I, I don't get that. I'm like, I'm just, I'm, this is literally, I've been told this by recruiters and by, by guys. Like, it's just, that's what we look at. Like we look at hey, is the quarterback having like a hard rough time when he's, when he's doing all these things. Right. Uh, and you know, they really look at that stuff and I was just like, okay, I don't really understand that, but all right. I figured it was stats and the coaches and the style of offense that you ran and, and consistency, right? Yeah. Yeah. Consistency was a key point, right? So, um, yeah. And I think at the time my 40 was, it wasn't the greatest. It wasn't the worst. It was like, four, I was running a four, seven at the time in junior college, but I also wasn't like speed training a lot either. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I ended up, I ended up having actually, believe it or not, I had four offers all in the, in the GSC conference, which where Delta state was at. Uh, so I had like Delta State, um, I had Arkansas, and I had one from Valdosta State, and then I had one, actually I had one from Texas A&M Commerce. Wow. Um, so I took Delta State because, hey, they're, they're like, they, they flip-flop with one other Division two school that goes to the national championship the most, right? Yeah. The most national championships, period. So I went there. And immediately sat behind a guy named Micah Davis. Uh, I redshirted that year. Uh, he was a local guy from Mississippi, right from the from the JUCO over there. Super smart guy. I mean, he had a 4.4 GPA going through Fuck. medical. Holy shit, school. medical school? Fuck, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's a doctor now. He is, nice. I think he's a doctor now. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, very super smart guy, right? Um, and then. Yeah. So then going into the next year, uh, me and him started flip-flopping because I started speed training. I started getting bigger. I was like 210, 212. Um, I was running now. Sometimes I was like running a four, six something. Um, so now I'm starting to run the ball more, run a little bit more of the option style stuff. So all of a sudden now I became an option quarterback. I was like, all right, this is weird. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so yeah, we started flip-flopping. I think I had like, uh, you know, I had like five, 600 yards passing that year. Um, and then after that, coaching staff just said peace we're gonna be go be uh what was it um southern louisiana that's where they went to mm. or southeast louisiana i can't remember the team that's down there they're yellow and green mm. um they became the coaches for that so now often we had a new coaching staff come in uh it's actually one of the schools that we played in the playoffs and we just destroyed them yeah and so but they came in they're like we're gonna run the triple option <laughs> And I was like, deuce. Yeah. Because I'm, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not going to – and he's like, legitimately, he told us, he's like, we're going to run the ball to the ground. We're going to run it 30, 40 times. He's got quarterbacks. I don't want to hear you complain. So, it was like – it was just like that. Everybody – I think over half the team's scholarships got taken away. And he's like, wow. you got to re-earn them because I don't know who you are. I didn't recruit you. So, it was, it was, it was a super, super crazy just – business thing that came to happen right right um so like i said i remember a&m offered me a scholarship and i called them up in the out of the booth and they're like come on down and come sign the paperwork right now yeah so and now then um, you're on a&m yeah exactly a&m and then i took over third game there because I, I came late right i came through halfway through spring ball so they already had their guy type thing and i already knew that but i already knew based on who was playing there that it was going to happen right but it was it was not a very, it wasn't a very good situation or a very, very good place, but I just wanted to play at that point. Right. My senior right. year didn't care. I need to get some stats. Um, so yeah, started doing well there. I think I ended up with like, 
15, 18 touchdown passes there, like four picks. Um, I had like 400 yards rushing and like three touchdowns there. Um, granted, we didn't we didn't even win a game. Actually, I think we won one game. Just like we West Valley. Just like West Valley, man. You, yeah. you see, now you know it feels. When I took over, though, when I took over, we weren't getting blown out anymore. We were we were in it. We were. I mean, we right. lost. I mean, every game that I was that I played in, I think we lost either by just a touchdown or by a field goal. Right. Or even by one point. Okay. So it was by one score we lost. It wasn't like we were getting blown out like we were before. So it was a huge difference. And we even Abilene Christian, we actually, we actually, they were the number one team in the conference at the time, and we jumped out to a twenty-one nothing lead uh, just before half on them. Wow. Um. So and they they ended up coming back and beating us. I think it was like I think it was like tw- it was twenty-eight, twenty-four, twenty-eight, yeah, twenty-seven or something like that. Um, yeah. Tough. Tough. Yeah. <laughs> So it was definitely an interesting experience. I, I took the, as they call it, the journeyman route, doing everything you can to play, everything you need to do uh, to get out there and, and do your thing and, and kind of showcase what you can do. You know, even though you're being doubted every single way, you got to do what you need to do to be able to, to be able to prove people that you can do it. Right. And find someone that's actually going to believe in you. <laughs> Bingo, man. That's how it is, man. That's how we know that story yeah. very well, you know? And then obviously, then you finish up at A and M. Then what was next for you? Did you get? Did you go straight to Europe, or did you get the Niners uh, invite? How 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 that work? Or kind so, of talk to me about the sequence of events. Yeah, so out of A and M, I took I took that season out of A and M to just train hard. I mean, I I stayed there. I trained for for six months at A and I used the weight room. I got with the the strength and conditioning coach. Um, and then we had a couple of pro days. I did the pro day at, a- at actual Texas A&M. I did the pro day at Texas Tech. Um, and then I did, um, what was it, another one? It was over at uh, UTSA. Um, so I did those pro days. And, of course, you know, we're there, and there's, like, what's-their-names were all there. Like, uh, was it Andrew Luck was there. I can, a couple other people were there. Uh, Russell Wilson was doing his pro things. Um, you know, because at the time this is also the combine stuff too, right? So right. It, people were left and right. Um, yeah, so it was, it was just nuts um, doing all that, but nothing came of it. I was like, all right, well, I just gotta keep working hard, keep keep pushing myself. So I actually did. I think I did like I, you know, I just did like a half season with the San Jose Semi Pro stuff to continue my training, right? To continue yeah. to play. Yeah. Um, and then that's when I did. All of a sudden, I got the the call for the Spokane Shock come out there yeah and boom next thing you know i was off to europe but the only reason why i got into europe though too is because of my connection to my quarterback coach was is jeff garcia right so yeah uh, that was kind of my connection with nfl and and my upbringing in terms of who taught me how to play quarterback and it was him and and roger thader roger thader used to be the ex uh, head coach for cal he was my quarterback coach all through high school wow and then i then i then i changed up to jeff garcia in terms of what i was going to do next and, and how to prepare Sure. And so obviously now you're now you've decided to go to Europe and you went to Berlin, right? First? Yeah. Okay. Berlin Rebels first. Berlin Rebels first. Yeah, I okay. took them because the, the German football league is technically like the league to be in, right? Yeah. Um they play they play an eight they play a sixteen game schedule, um, and they take a break in between those sixteen games at the eight game mark, they take a month break. Yeah. And then you come back and play the other because they they believe in everybody getting healthy and recovering and not getting constantly bashed in. Hundred percent. And it's funny because when Cody was on, we're talking about the different levels of GFL. There's the D1, 
D two, D three, or kind of like the tier one, tier two, tier three, right? So the I think I think the 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 rebels are they tier one, two, or three? Which one are they? So rebels are tier one in the European one. league. They are, okay. They're they're tier one. Uh, they pay the most, right? I was yeah. getting upwards. Uh, I was getting upwards of ten thousand euros a month. Also, you get a, your cell phones paid for, your apartments paid for, your ride and transportation's all paid for. So you're literally making money and not paying anything. For yeah. Anything. Yeah. No responsibility other than your job is to show up, practice, and play. That's it. Right, right. And it's funny you mentioned kind of the dynamic of there's only two Americans without a roster. Gabe Martinez was a coach who actually coaches now indoor football at Texas, West Texas Warbirds. And I know this too because, you know, I mean, I've, I've also traveled internationally, right? Like, they, the reason why is because they have a quota. They only allow one or two Americans, uh, either whether it's Germany, Europe, or Brazil, or in kind of Mexico or kind of, you know, these, these little teams who have these pro teams who have the, who are now who aren't known on the national stage as much, but they, but they're, but they're there, you know, they're almost like feeder teams, right. To the NFL where they have the money, but they can, they can only relegate those two roster spots, like the best, the best American players. Right. And so kind of, you know, so, so to your point, I know Cody was getting paid. I know Andrew, obviously. Yeah, you too. I mean, cause I'll probably only one or two spots for you guys, right. To be in the league, but obviously it must've been a great experience, you know, cause like you said, everything's paid for and you're getting paid up the ass. <laughs> so yeah. You can't, you can't, so take a play. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny too with the Eagles. Also, Andrew wasn't the only American quarterback that was there. There was a quarterback just before him wow. that was there. But he broke wow. his leg. <laughs> right? Damn. He, he broke his leg. And believe it, that quarterback was he played over at um, God. What? Why can I not remember the names of some things right now? Um, what's the powerhouse high school that never loses a game in California? Dale Sal. Dale Sal. Yeah. He was a quarterback for Dale Sal. He's two years younger than me. Yeah. So, yeah, he played a day with Sal. And I, I thought that was just a weird coincidence that I would find another, you know. And then, obviously, Andrew, right, also from California in the same area. I'm like, what are the chances that three California quarterbacks all from the <laughs> Bay Area right. are all on the same team in Poland, dude? Like, come <laughs> on, man. That's fucking <laughs> Made awesome. No sense to me. Coincidence. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's the same thing with when I was in Berlin. Like, literally, when I got into Berlin and just before I got to my hotel, I walked – or after I dropped myself at the hotel, sorry, I walked into a bar. Yeah. And there was uh, – I heard someone speaking perfect, like, American English, and I was just like, oh, I guess I'm not the only American in here. And I go find out that those two people went to Leland High School with my cousin. And I was what? like, what? <laughs> Damn, dude. It's fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah, and so kind yeah. of, you know, to, to kind of the point, right – when you play longer and you play at a higher level, the circle gets smaller. And usually it's the guys who you kind of played at those next levels of progressions with, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, shit, dude. That, that, I mean, for you, obviously, cause I mean, this is like what, like around 2014 or 13. When was this? 2014. Yeah. About 20, about 2013, 2014 was, it was basically I was out there for a year and a half. I, I didn't come home because I was just out there the whole time, just traveling everywhere and soaking up all the experience that I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but also what kind of what Cody talked about, some of those fields aren't really they're they're multi purpose fields, like in the sense that obviously yeah. over here in America we have like the field turf, it's just well gay for the school or whatever sports team. But over there it's like sometimes those field turfs are also used for like amateur teams or like youth teams or whatnot. Yeah, or, but even yeah, I played on I think I played on like three Premier League soccer fields. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and two like massive uh, like major soccer, like professional soccer teams field that was converted into a into a football field for us to play on. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, this it must be much bigger because soccer stadiums are the largest stadiums in the world, over especially over there in Europe. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So, no, I mean, and, yeah. And even being out there when I was in Germany too, I was out in Germany when Germany won the world cup. So yeah. 2014. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. So yeah. kind of, you, obviously that experience was great for you. Right. So kind of, what were your key takeaways yeah. from that? Cause I think it's around after that season, that year and a half where you came back and then you get the Niners invite, but kind of talk to me about kind of what your biggest takeaways were from the time with the, with the, uh, with the rebels. The biggest takeaways from there is European football is, is, is not what you're really going to think it is when you get out there. You think you're just going to come in there and you're American, you're going to fucking, you're going to dominate and you're just going to roll all over everybody. It's not the case, right? Because you're fully reliant on other team members there yeah. uh, for your success. doesn't matter because on offense, it, you know, yeah, you have an American quarterback, but that American quarterback can't just throw the American guy or hand the ball off to the American guy every single play. So, um, and also on top of that, don't doubt, any of the European players out there. I mean, just because they didn't grow up with American football doesn't mean they're not talented, they don't have speed, and they're not big as shit. Um, you know, because even even I think Cody maybe even remembers, maybe even maybe Andrew, we had a left tackle that was like seven seven. He got drafted by the Vikings. And he was on he was on he was on the uh God, what was he on? He was on the Jimmy Kimmel show. Wow. Because of how big he was. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah so it's not um no but yeah i would say it's it's not what you think it is you need to go in there thinking hey i'm I, i'm literally going to be playing in the nfl because these guys take it that seriously uh the 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 uh team management takes it that seriously you're getting paid to do it um so you need to treat it as such right it's it's even i would say it's a, a step above just what even how college handles themselves sometimes um granted i have seen some other teams where it feels like it's backyard football but it just depends on 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 the team you go. Like I, I would say the number one team though in all of Europe, um, if anybody ever wants to look them up, is the New Yorker Lions. That's what they're called. Um, they're typically in the in the championship every single year. They're like the Alabama team. They're like the the Patriots, uh, just because they have the most money out of everybody. Yeah. There's no salary cap either. There's no salary cap. It's just you know depends on what you want to bring in. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm how much owners willing to, willing to break the break the bank right for the best talent so. yeah and what they would do too is they would look at german players they would look at polish players and they'd be like all right that's the best guy on that team go off from the contract to come and play over here with us right nice. so um my second biggest takeaway i would say out there is you know um don't think all the same thing it's like for me i i thought the offense the offense was going to be simple right i didn't think right. it was going to be in touch with what today is going on. Right. But no, it was, it was complex. It was up there with university type style offenses and it was very well, uh, very well ran. Um, three of my biggest takeaway there too, is also, you know, just the training aspect, uh, get your training in, get your workouts in there. Otherwise you're going to, you're going to fall apart. Those guys worked out religiously even throughout the week, even if you had a game that week. So, um, but I would say, yeah, when I was in Berlin, I, that's where I decided, you know what, if I'm going to have a shop in NFL, I need to put on weight. So I went from, I went from two, what was it, 210, I jumped to 225. Nice. So I was, <laughs> yeah, I jumped to 225 and I was in the lower four sixes at that point. Um, so that's why I started running the ball more and scrambling more because I was just at a more speed. And I was able to do more of an option stuff and, and be more of a dual threat at that point. 100%. And I think your time over there, kind of what you talked about, how you're able to increase your strength, your size and your speed. And then obviously the NFL kind of now had transitioned to more read option quarterbacks. So then around that time, I think what 2015 is when you get the invite from the Niners, correct? Yeah. So before that, so after I, after I left Warsaw, I came back 
I talked to my quarterback trainer, Jeff, and I went down with him for two months and worked out with him mm-hmm. uh, for a little while. Um, and uh, what was it? So we did, we did our training stuff there. Then I went back up and then I connected at the D1 training facility in Santa Clara with Vernon Davis. Vernon, yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. So from there, it was me and Vernon during the off season, um, pretty much the whole off season. Just we would meet twice a week and we would throw passes two days a week and then the other three days we were in the d1 gym training working out doing whatever we need to do right um and i always thought it was weird because i'm like well you know at the time i'm like well where's where's kaepernick at why isn't he throwing you the ball at the time he was in arizona working with 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 kurt warner and getting training there yeah um and but i always thought it was weird because he was throwing different receivers right he was throwing receivers from seattle he was throwing receivers from charters other different teams i'm like Shouldn't he be throwing to receivers for the Niners? <laughs> Doesn't make sense to me. Right, right. You know? um, but yeah, so I mean, yeah, so I connected with Vernon there and I got a lot of more speed training from him as to what the, what the Niners do. He started letting me know kind of what their operations were, their process, uh, you know, what, what they look at, um, you know, what he's seen, what he has seen in film rooms because he's always in there with Kaepernick and all that stuff and what the, and kind of what questions they ask and, and kind of what they go through. So at that point, yeah, you know, I, it's still 225. I got my 40 down. I was, I was running at that point. I was running at 458, 457. Um, and I was in the best condition of my life. And so then I went and did the San Jose state pro day with Jabari Carr. Right. Yes. So Jabari I did it with Carr. him. Yes, sir. Yeah. I did. I did it really well. San Diego Chargers were there. They looked at me a little bit. We had a conversation. I looked at it, you know, Vikings were there. Um, Niners were there. And like two other, the Eagles were there, um, but it was it was the Niners that I said, hey, like you come to the pro day, right? We we want you to come to the Niners pro day. So, when did that? Did well. Um, I clocked my forty at the pro day there at four five eight, um, and then they said quarterbacks don't lift, and then we just went right to throwing, and it was the most hectic, intense hour of throwing in my life. Like it was, I wasn't expecting it either. So it was like you start off at the twenty. You get through your rotation of passes and sprint down to the other 20, turn around and just rapid fire passing again and sprint down to the 20. And it was like that for an hour. Yeah. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, So, but I, you know, I felt like I did really well that day. Um, I even talked to the coach, uh, the quarterback's coach and the offense coordinator there. Um, They said, Hey, you know, we're going to have you stick around a little bit, throw some more. So I threw some more a little bit afterwards. And then it was kind of like, I got kind of peppered in for two straight weeks where it was like, Hey, just show up and we want to see some more stuff. And this was just before the draft, right? This is just before the NFL draft was happening. We want to see some more throws, do this, do this, do this. Um, And then come draft day, like, you know, they straight up told me like, Hey, if we don't draft somebody or we don't pick anybody up, you know, I think, I think you might, you might be good for the third spot. Right. Um, so I was like, all right, cool. Uh, so they end up actually not drafting anybody, but they picked somebody up in the supplemental draft. His name was Dylan Thompson out of South Carolina. Yeah. Um, and the coach called me and he goes, Hey, I just want to let you know, before we picked him, it was like 50, 50 between you and him. And he's like, I'm going to tell you right now. I like, I don't want you to feel discouraged about it, but it was pure business decision. Nah. He goes, legitimately it's just because he went to a bigger school than you and he'll ah, probably sell more jersey fuck dude and yeah. i mean and, and i'm and like that's... come on dude i was like i was yeah. like just give the local guy a shot i was like right you know, and i was like i'm gonna be friends with you i was like i was like um 
because what's his name was the head coach at the time. Uh, he was only there for a season. Do you remember? Oh, fuck. Uh, Jim Tom Sula. Yeah, Tom Sula. That's right. Dude, that guy was hilarious and really cool. I got to talk to him for a while, too. Yeah. Um, I just, I was framing it out. I was like, honestly, I think she just gave me a shot. I was like, Tom Sula's probably, probably going to be his year there. I was like, it's it's going to be a shitty season. I was like, just give a guy, a local guy a shot to be on a team and do whatever. Like, Bingo. I was like, I was like, I'll even run a trailer and I'll be out there with the playbook. I'm ready to go for practice, you know. Um, I'll park it right there. Uh, but he's like, yeah, he's like, it was just purely business and it had nothing to do with my skill or talent or anything like that. He, you know, he he immediately referred me. He's like, look, he's like, honestly, he's like, I want to keep tabs on you. Go play. He's like, just do, he's like, go do arena football, right? He's like, go yeah. do that for one season at least for this year to keep your skills up and then come back again, right? Um. But at that point, I was just like, all right, I'm like 25. I'm like, chances are 20, I'm like 25, 26 at that time, I think I was. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to go to Arizona. I don't want to work a second job on top of that. I don't want to live with some other random family. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, because that's how it was. It was like, you know, it was the Arizona Rattlers, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Cody so played. Looking at that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Arizona Rattlers because their quarterback got injured. Yeah. And, you know, I, I straight up asked them too. And, and maybe, maybe Cody has very better insight on this than I do, but this is the only thing that I've heard. I just, I straight up asked him, like, okay, so, you know, he's like, yeah, come over play for us. You know, our quarterback's broken every single record. And I was like, so he's broken every single record, every single record in arena football. And like, yeah, he's broken the career. He's broken the season. He's broken touchdown passes and, and whatever. And I'm like, okay, why is he not in the NFL right now? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I like, you know, and they couldn't answer it. And I was like, and I was like, I was like, look, if you guys can come out here and evaluate me, we can do it. Right. Um, Cause I also had to try, I still had to try out with the Seattle Seahawks too. Um, right. Because my connection with Mike Holmgren, um, I worked out with him a couple of times. He's ran me through some drills and he referred me to the Seahawks uh, to come take a look. And he was, and I was like, I told him, I was like, look, I have the Seahawks going to look at me at the Anza, have him, have, you know, if you can send a guy, have them come out and, and evaluate and then we can go from there. Right. right. So, right. I did the training with the Seahawks and then they didn't come out. And that was that. And I think the Seahawks also, you know, they ended up, uh, they ended up trading for a guy. I can't remember who it was. Cause one of the second guys became a free agent. I think it was, um, it was oh, man. It's another running quarterback that was like Russell Wilson, but older. Not, not, no, not BJ. No. Oh no. no. Tavares. Was it Tavares Jackson? I think it was Tavares. They traded for somebody. They got somebody. Yeah. It, it was around there. Yeah. So I was like, damn. You know, but I'm like, hey, you know what? I was cool about it. They came out. They evaluated just me, right, with my guys, guys that I was throwing to. So at that, like I said, after the Niners thing and the Seahawks thing, I was like, all right, I think I think I'm done at this point. Uh, it's been a long, hard journey going in and out and chasing things and trying to figure it out. And also, like I said, I've seen too many, at least guys at the quarterback position. Right? I can't speak to other position players because position players, there's more positions in the NFL, right? I mean, there's more receivers, there's more corners, there's more linemen quarterbacks one position so it's like okay yeah i could go play here go play there but the likelihood of me moving on from that point of view is going to be really crap like yeah i could go back to european league play there but you know at this point i was like all right it's time to be it's time to be an adult and start doing some other things man it's so crazy you came to that realization after i got this motherfucker in 2012 my mom's like when are you gonna get a real job <laughs> I'm like, right. I'm, I'm getting paid 80 bucks a game. She's like, yeah, <laughs> tried to <laughs> try to go get some rent out, out here in the Bay with that kind of a salary. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. But I, you know, I'm happy. Like I said, you know, with 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 high school, I you know my sophomore, junior, and senior year, I was on varsity. Got to the CCS championship all three seasons. Right, um, right. Walked away with a ring there. Um, Deanza walked away with a ring there. I walked away with a ring at CCSF because we still won our our league, and then we. We went to the national championship, which we which we won there when I when I gray shirted. So I got I mean I technically got two rings from there. Yeah. The so three rings in Zuko, my ring in high school, got a ring at, at at Delta State when we won the GSC championship, our conference championship. So uh, you know, walked out of, of football with, with, with five championship rings, so I can't complain. Yeah, where's the rings, brother? I thought you were gonna bust them out. I always I always I was flexing my guests and then usually usually they come and flex back at me. <laughs> they're in a 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 glass case downstairs with my with my senior year my senior photo in, in college. I oh, love it, love it. Oh, that's great though. I mean, obviously, you know, you had a great career and obviously kind of what was your biggest I guess, you know, because I mean when we come to realization, you know, for me coming out not and because I went kinda of like you around the twenty twelve time frame was was when we made what was championship game in the AIF and then Pretty much, I decided to transfer to East Bay, and like you said, get start adulting, get a real job, and that way I don't have to be, you know, trying to chase a dream, you know, because when the dream is dead, it's dead, yeah. you know what I mean? So I mean, yeah. kind of talk, yeah, kind of, you know, what I mean, I, and so I, I totally resonate with that kind of. So what, what, what kind of, what outside of knowing that it was just time, you know, it was time to move on because you you're content with your career, you're content with your, what you accomplished as a player. Kind of what else motivated you to kind of start transitioning into what you're doing today? Kind of did you start with software sales or did you gradually get into that? Well, what motivated me growing up was like I was always the kid that took took electronics apart and wanted to see how they worked and would put them back together and, and figure out how things work. And then like, you know, playing video games and, and playing, you know, and then all of a sudden I transitioned into like PC gaming and, and building a PC and then the intricacies of how software worked and from there, I'm just like, this is another passion of mine, right? I can I can maybe tie that into like how I like some of the gaming stuff and how I like some of the uh, aspects of, of of competition within that, right? And yeah. there is this hierarchy within a business that you can look at in terms of of how coaches are, right? So like, as an account executive, I have my, I'll just have my 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 actual boss for our team, right? So I would consider him as like maybe my quarterback's coach, right? And the guy above him would be like the offensive assistant coordinator. And then, you know, his boss is like the offensive coordinator. And from there it's, you know, it's assistant head coach and then head coach is CEO. So it's like, exactly. yeah. I really break it down like that. You know, yeah. that's just how I look at it in terms of reporting and, and what you want to do and, and how you want to do it and, 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 and tie it into a passion that you're familiar with. It's crazy that you, you, I have that same equivalent. You're the first guest to actually bring that up. And I think it's because you and I both work in IT. It's like, I haven't heard anyone kind of make that correlation between the hierarchy in the corporate world versus the hierarchy. And like, you know, but then again, no, no one really works in IT, you know, outside of football. You know, I mean, usually guys get into some other field, right? So, I mean, either they're coaching or doing other stuff. So, I mean, kind of yeah. like with you. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying, no, yeah, out of everybody that I know that I played football with or played football against in terms of today's world of what they're doing at work, it, it's, literally either there's there's san jose pd which yeah. is like seven kind of every athlete i played with like everywhere i look i'm like hey i played football against you yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. i'm like <laughs> legitimately like not even it's crazy yeah. uh they either play football they're in they're in, they're in construction right now and they're doing really like really good work where they get paid a ton to build some of the bay bridges and all the greats they're still doing crazy work yeah. Um, and you know, there's a few other guys that are doing like real estate. That's the other biggest thing right now, real estate and commercial real estate. That's a pretty much majority of athletes that I know what they're doing outside of that or they're, or they're out coaching. Right. Yeah. That's pretty much it. You know I mean? That's pretty much kind of my experience too. It's either they went to PD firefighting, firefighting, 
or with real yeah, estate or construction, right? Exactly. So, but yeah, I mean, kind of now, obviously with, with your current role and obviously with, uh, you know, now that you've kind of transitioned, um, I guess now, I mean, with, with, with kind of the software sale, I being account exec, kind of talk to me about your daily life and kind of what lessons from football that you, I mean, you already alluded to this, but kind of what lessons from football that you kind of apply to your daily life and kind of what the future holds for that, you know, and I don't know if football has, has, has any impact on your future outlook, but talk to me about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, so my, 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 my daily life today is pretty much, you know, I have a list of accounts that I work. I, I primarily work uh, the Southern part of LA, right? So I, I work Beverly Hills, Hollywood area, down to San Diego over into Hawaii in terms of, what area I'm selling into in terms of accounts. I have a list of accounts that I look at and I need to reach out. Right. So I have a, a, a supporting rep, the sales development rep that goes and calls all these companies. They make like 80 calls a day and they qualify them out to make sure if there's any opportunities or they want to evaluate our product. Uh, then from there, I take that evaluation and I turn it into a deeper dive of how they want to evaluate. And I match the prop across their current company and what they're doing and what they're currently utilizing. And then I take that and from there, I like, I look at their entire environment and see where the problem might lie as to why they want to switch, right? What's the pain? Identify the pain. Mm -hmm. uh, and then does our, does our company solve that pain for them? And does it bring value to their business overall? And will we also save the money on top of that, right? So what's the actual uh, return investment, right? So it's pretty much the ROI on that. So from there, I want to get the value going and they understand it. And then we're a technical fit within terms of how they want to use us. Is it ease of use? Is it complex? Is it, you know, how am I going to be able to properly use your product without having a headache? <laughs> so right. so we have to go through, I have to go through all those. And then typically we either do a proof of concept, which means they get to kind of trial our product for a little bit. And then from there, if they like it, then we just flip, we just flip it into a real instance and they're able to utilize it and, and help save time and, and what I basically sell is it's backup disaster recovery for, for companies, whether it's on an individual file basis, laptop, mobile device, um, or server or company as a whole. And it's, it's purely 100% software as a service in the cloud. Wow. Yeah. And so it's funny because I also work in this with, with SaaS products too. Not about on sales, they're kind of developing them. And obviously kind of like with, with that, you know, kind of the, the, the rate of return on investment is a key component as to why, you know, people or why, why companies and clients decide to go with, with one platform over another. And so obviously that evaluation is key. And I think almost, I mean, the way I apply football to it is like, okay, strategy one, football is the most strategic sport in the entire world. I don't care what anyone says. Like it's by far, you know this, because you, you're a QB. You have to know every fucking position. You have to know what I do as a slot. You have to know what the tight end does. You have to know what the, where the, where the O-line's pulling. You have to know where the running back's in the, you know what I mean? If he's going to, you know, either you know, go, you know, and so you have to know all that. Kind of with me, it's like also kind of like, you know, I look at it, I'm like, okay, yeah, strategy, it makes sense, you know, kind of like to your point of a, whether or not the, the, the technology fit works. Investment-wise, it doesn't make sense, you know, as to whether the money works, but also kind of, you know, uh, what would the long-term kind of, you know, I guess goal, right? Long-term goal is you want to win, right? You always want to win, right? So we're, we're going to go with you guys because you're going to help us win. You're going to help us reach that higher objective, you know, versus whoever the, whoever the fuck else is out there, you know, so... Pretty much that's that's how i equate it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly man oh, i forgot to ask you what was your biggest takeaway from the niners training camp i mean obviously it was business but you know obviously you got to, you got to be there for like three weeks so kind of talk to me about what you think your biggest takeaways was, was from that my biggest takeaway from that was it was just a matter of how things were efficiently done there was no waste of time yeah like 
it was here, here, here. And that's why like their practices don't last like a college practice or a high school practice where it's going on for hours and hours, right? They get everything done efficiently in like an hour and a half time. Granted, there are going to be those three hour practices and those long practices, but at least when I was there, they were quick, efficient to the point that we're going to get this done and we're out. Um, That was my biggest takeaway. It was like, it just seems so, so much easier, so much more efficiently. You knew what you were doing. Um, You knew the plays that needed to be ran. That was the other thing that was crazy. That was my other takeaway was it was very difficult because every week, they, you know, each day they were giving me a different game plan. Right. Right. They're like, all right, here's 15 plays. You need to know them before practice today. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> um, all right, let's, let's go ahead and do this. Um, <laughs> you know, granted, you know, even at least quarterback just kind of like was cool outside the coordinator. Giving me, he's like, look, he's like 90% of people always like, they don't remember that shit. They're just gonna free fall anyway. We won't be able to tell. Just he's like, just remember who your first read is and go with that. Yeah, that'll be your best bet. <laughs> exactly. I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, don't even remember the other plays. Let's just look at the damn first read. There's not gonna be defense out there anyway. He just wants to make sure you do your progression and make sure you hit the right guy. Perfect. So, yep. <laughs> um, my other takeaway was, man, this was also the year. I think it was. When I was when I was doing the NFL stuff, is all of a sudden the NFL started bringing back the seven step drop. Yep, seven step drop. Right. Instead of a three and a five, where you know more guys were under the center and stuff and stuff like that, but now they wanted you to start doing a seven because the seven would mimic as though if you were in shotgun doing a three step. Yeah. I'm like, man, that was totally different. So um, I had to get that down with my feet work a little bit. Um, so that was that was another crazy takeaway. Outside of that, it, I mean. It was just it was just the same stuff, different day for me. I felt like I, I didn't treat it as something crazy or something super pressury for me for myself. It was just you know my focus was me and what I needed to do to try and just get on the team. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Just trying to make it. Just fuck, man. But yeah, no, it was everything. It was everything. I, mean, I would technically have more expectations and more takeaways if I wasn't already had been training with with Jeff Garcia and a few other ex NFL guys like that already gave me like, Hey, this is, this is what to expect. This is what to now, um, you know, that was the other thing too. I didn't think they were going to do either, but I, I already had timer in my head already as a quarterback. Anyway, it was like, they actually have a, a stopwatch, right? So every time that you would go in and play, they expect you to get the ball off in less than 2.5 seconds. Wow. Fuck. <laughs> because in the NFL, the typical time for a quarterback to get the ball out of his hands is 2.5 seconds. That's the average right now right. based upon if they're going to start feeling pressure and they need to roll out or they're going to get sacked. Right. So shit. <laughs> Man, dude, I can only imagine what that must have been like. That's a huge adjustment. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. No. But it, but it no, sounds but, like, uh, yeah. No, 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 go ahead. No, I mean, it sounds sounds like sounds like you you took away a lot of good things from working with Jeff and 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 Bernard. And you mentioned that someone who I worked with probably in my AFL trial in 2010, Adam Tafalos. I worked with him heavily um, as a kind of like a personal trainer out out in San Carlos at, Pay, at John Pay. He, yeah, he, is he, but, is he still but, coaching over at Valley Christian? I I don't know actually. Is he? I mean, I haven't, I haven't kept in touch with. Him. I, I have him on Instagram. But I, I know he has a little team tap like QB Academy, but I'm not sure. He might be. Yeah, I know he's been at QB Academy. There's another guy. Uh, it's called QB Locked In. If you look him up on on Instagram, uh, yeah. he actually played at Bellarmine. Uh, oh, wow. He was the backup at the time when I was uh, when I played again when I was at Oak Grove and we played them in the playoffs. Um, he played quarterback, I think, or he was at Vanderbilt. 
but then he became the quarterback coach at Missouri and he coached Drew Locke. Wow. Yeah. So he's doing his QB thing out here too. Um, I wanted to get into that so bad, but I just, every time I even step on a field and I have a football in my hand, so I'm just like, no, I can't do it. <laughs> exactly. I'm like frustrated and I'm going to want to just take over and do it myself. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. And that's the um, thing. I'm yeah. still, yeah, I'm still, I've, you know, I've had people ask me, hey, why don't you come coach, go be off the be a quarterback coach for me. And I'm like, I just can't do it yet. I can't do it. I still can't do it today. Exactly. Cause not, I mean, I'm not ready to coach yet. Not ready to quit. No, no, exactly. That's why I remember. remember like you maybe, saw me the on... only way that I, the only way that I would ever jump into a coaching situation is if, if, if it's a good buddy of mine or someone knows me and they're already at a university and they're like, Hey, I got a job for you with a, with a dang paycheck. That's going to be able to allow me to survive. Then yeah, I'll, I will, I will jump over there and go coach. But uh, until then, I know high school coaches, they get like one check at the end of the year. And it's like 500 bucks or something exactly. like that. So yeah, it's like a little crazy. stipend. And you know, yeah. I actually experienced that firsthand. I mean, also working full time uh, with my, my, my career, because I fully transitioned in 2012, 2013, 14 to my current career. But I mean, last year I was coaching at Whitney in Rockland, right? And it was like 2,500, like just like 500 to 2,500. It, was, it wasn't bad, but I mean, like for a full year, dude, like that's just like, what am I supposed to do with this? Imagine it's like someone's like trying to live off of this. You know what I mean? You can't live off of this. Yeah. 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 So, no. So, you know, the other thing too is that, you know, that I'll bring up here in, in, in your podcast is going through my career in the hard way that I did it. Yep. Right. You, you, you have your, there's the, you know, you have your, your dream route, right. Which is like, this is what I call the dream route for any high school guy. It's go to high school, get a 3.5 GPA all the way through, have good stats, be an all American, go to a division one and then NFL. Right. Yeah. Now, there there's this route that no one really talks about and sorry let's not go too far to that one let's go to the second route which i call the juco route right so then you go from high school go to juco and you go to a university and then you go to nfl right that's the uh, that's the next logical route right? right then there's the other route where it's high school you do okay you walk on to some whatever and then you know, maybe you go to NFL, maybe you don't, right? Now, in terms of making the NFL, though, right, I will say this. My experience in Division Two, based on athletes that I have met and have done, doesn't matter how well they do in Division Two. I will say maybe top five make it. Yeah. In terms of quarterbacks my year in Division Two, at least my year, I think maybe one. Right. Not in the NFL, but they're not starting. They're a backup. Today, still today in the NFL, there is no Division II quarterback that's starting the NFL. None. Zero. Division One AA, okay. Went, right? Was starting at the time. Yeah. Uh, and one other guy. Uh, that's it. My, I would say my in terms of going to my last route, my other my other route that I've seen people or not really people realize. I want you to look at Matt Castle. Matt Castle. Okay. Never played it down in high school. Yeah. Got a, got a, got a, got a, uh, what do you got? He got an academic scholarship to USC, USC. I think it was. <laughs> yeah. And then never played at USC. Because <laughs> <laughs> he sat behind, well, who he, he sat behind uh, Palmer, Palmer and then Liner. Liner. And, uh, and, and, and Liner. I mean, 
Yeah, and, and and I don't want to interrupt you because I mean uh, you're 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 going on the right yeah. direction. I just want to say, Lofa Tatupu, one of my good friends now, who he's obviously playing the Seahawks, right? He was he was teammates with both of those guys, Leinert and Palmer, yeah. before. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Castle was also his teammate too. So go ahead. Yeah. yeah. And he gets to the NFL. <laughs> what? I right. thought you had to at least play. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. And then I started doing some more research about some of these backup guys and at least on the quarterback position, I'm like, dude, there's like, there's a couple other guys that have never, they never played. Right. They never saw the field and they're in the NFL. And then yeah. I look at the coaching staff, right. I'm like, Oh, that's why they're all ex NFL coaches. Right. Yeah. So like I started doing looking more in terms of other positions and, and guys that don't really play or do much, but they get in the NFL. And when it comes down to it, it, if I were to ever talk to a kid and be like, look, if it ever comes down to it and you're coming out of high school and you, and you have zero offers, right? Zero offers, right? I would say retain your youth and go walk on to whatever local division one university that you, that's your gear. Right. So like I said, if I were to redo it again, I would have walked on to San Jose state in a heartbeat because there's still some coaches that had ties to NFL there. Right. I could have easily redshirted yep. and probably, you know, sat a year and then played three years or played two years and still came out of college at 21, 22 years old and possibly a chance in the NFL. Right. Yeah. Just because I went yeah. to a division one university right? and they get some TV time here and there. Right. Right. It's, it's the same thing that I'll tell any other kid. I think that's the biggest piece of advice. Yeah. Granted there's division two. Like if you're looking to just play, get your degree and, and, and get out, have a good college experience and just say, Hey, I lived up in college and you're done with that. That's fine. Go take your scholarship. Boom. Right. But other than that, you know, you can go to your local state college, your Division One university that's there. Tuition's going to be dirt cheap. You can get a quick small student loan. You can probably still stay at home with mom and dad if you really need to. Exactly. Or you can, or you can go stay in the dorms, which is still going to be cheap there, right? In terms of, of terms of loans, you'll probably come out of a four-year college. Maybe let's just say if you're taking loans for everything, right? Let's say you'll come out of a four-year college, maybe 50 G's in debt. Which, by the way, the average debt, like right now for for university, I think it's like 500k. Something yeah, something stupid. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so 50k is not bad. You can make that up, no problem. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that would be my biggest takeaway. Like, if you're really trying to go to the NFL. Just don't don't take the lower route. You got to just go work and earn it. You know, even if you have to walk on. And even nowadays, we start seeing a bunch of YouTube videos where these guys walk on and they're earning scholarships. Yeah, just legitimately, you know, just walking on, you get a scholarship. You know, you know, walk on and earn. If you think you are good enough and you think you can play division one football, you take that chance. I think, I think that's going to be the better route. Cause at least that way, you know, if you're going to, if you, if you can make it to NFL or not. And it's funny you mentioned that because one of my teammates from San Jose city, you might know Manu Hatakura. He went to San Jose state, walked on. And then after that, he earned a scholarship. And then he was able to get invited to the San Francisco 49ers mini rookie camp, rookie mini camp. And then after that, that culminated into an international pro career, kind of like, you know, kind of like you. And, you know, essentially it was like, you know, but it was like, it was, it was made possible because you got to go to D1. You got to earn that scholarship. You got to become an all wax selection. Right. And kind of, yeah. I mean, you get, you get more looks, you get more eyes on you as a player when you're at the, at that level. And like you said, connections are, are, are abundant. They're abundant. It doesn't matter. And yeah. to your point, and, and one more thing that you made, very interesting point you made. It's a very, and I want, I, I want to drive this point home. Matt Castle, right. Like what you said about being 6'2". Adam said the same thing to me when he when he helped train me. He's like he's like he's like look at me, I'm not six two. That's why I'm not in the NFL. He said you're like oh like I'm six two. I'm not six three. I'm not in the NFL. That's what that was the mentality back then. You remember when Russell Wilson was getting drafted? What, what was the biggest knock on him? 
He's not six feet tall. He's not six feet yeah. tall. He's not six feet tall, Five right? Five yeah. eleven. Yeah, you know. I mean, he's not. And, and and but hey, you know, he redefined that. But then obviously with Adam and kind of with what you're saying with Matt Castle. Matt Castle was six five, and so it didn't matter that he didn't play. It's just like okay, big body D one. Let's just throw him out there because you know the coaches know each other and. You know, it, the rest is history. So, I mean, it's just yeah, like they're, they're big body, six five, and you know, doesn't really do much. But smart guy, they like, probably look. You know, they look at your GPA in the NFL. By the way, they look at your GPA in college. Yeah. So they want to see if you're a smart person, especially if you're a QB. Right, and he did score. He, he scored well in his wonder lick. So, I mean, that was another case in point for them. He's just a smart. They wanted a smart guy that you know, and also he, like I said, he's part of NFL coaching. Pete Carroll, right? So, I yes. Mean, yeah, it's, just, it's 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 like a pipeline, dude. It's almost like automatic. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I totally agree. You know, I think, and I think, you know, just because, and you know, I mean, I'm not here to discredit because we have we have NFL players on this podcast. We have you know Pro Bowlers, we have yeah. Super Bowl champions, we have NFL coaches. You know, what I mean, um, I'm just saying that to our point, kind of the road less traveled, kind of you know the road that we took. It's 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 not as it's not as apparent as to why. You can't make it. It's not necessarily like, for example, for me, I had the option to go to D3, walk on Menlo because we went 0-10 after after uh, West Valley 0-9, right? Or I had the option mm-hmm. to the SaberCats had extended trial invite. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, dude. I'm just going to – I'm going to run with yeah. it. The rest is history, you know? And, you know, I, I would not – I don't regret my decision by, by any means because I, I end up with gaining three rings. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I mean, to your point, you know, I totally agree. I think, I think the biggest thing is just knowing – kind of you know like you said if what if your goal is the nfl you gotta go for the biggest you know kind of you gotta go for the gold if your goal is to kind of like you know like just play and get to improve yourself like that's what juco is it's it's like like the series last chance you it's your last chance right either to get a scholarship or to do whatever the fuck you want to do with football because this is it you know because it's pretty much either you had the scholarship at one point and it didn't fan out or you basically have never got the scholarship like me and you need to prove that you can actually play which i did and, you know, obviously, and, and to that point, I, I think that's the biggest thing. And I think it's, it's a great, great point you brought home. You drove home. It's like, you know, if your goal is against the NFL, try to walk on at a local school. That's D1. And, you know, ideally D1, D1A, not not AA. Because yeah, then, yeah, D1A in one of the major conferences. Yeah. Right. You, you know, know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Cause I think, yeah, because I think also back like in high, like in out of junior college, my other, my other look at my only biggest opportunity that i had i got really close to getting a scholarship with mississippi state yeah uh they're heavily evaluating me and guess who got the scholarship over me who brett Favre's nephew oh dylan (laughs) Favre. fuck dude (laughs) who who got caught in the locker room doing cocaine oh my god (laughs) (laughs) like dude what a waste yeah, like wasted. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing, bro. I mean, nepotism, nepotism. That's what. That's what. You know, it's funny. We're talking about this. One of my coworkers last year, Sutter, actually played at SJSU back in the day. He's much older than us. He's like ten years older than us. But he said the same thing. He's like, "There's guys in the NFL who don't need to be there, but there's guys who should be there, and they're not there because of we don't have the connections. We didn't go to a big school. Like yeah. we didn't. You know what I mean? But we still got to play pro. But it's not the NFL because." We didn't have the NFL coaching to kind of grandfather us in, you know. And I think it's a oh, really yeah. important. Yeah, you know, I mean, dude, like, bro, if 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 we were fucking, at, if I, if kind of to your point, I want to walk on SJSU. That was my initial goal. If we walked on, especially you, if 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 you were if we walked on, yeah, of course, of course, you get fucking, dude. You get looks every fucking dude. It's not even a question. 
You know what I mean? And 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 it's just I don't know, man. Is the politics are so shitty, dude? Like, I was talking to Cody about yesterday. Like the politics in the arena scene, especially when we're, where I played, it's just it's just it's so fucking bureaucratic. And obviously with the NFL, it's a business too, right? It's a business. Like they told you, it's a business decision, but it's not really a business. It's nepotism. It's like we coach this guy. He never played, but he's our guy. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, all the coaches in the NFL that, that come from the college section, I mean, they go there and they're like, hey, yeah, I coach this guy, I coach this guy, he's familiar with my system, let's bring him on, let's sign him, right? Yeah. has yeah. nothing to do with, is, is he is he better than this guy, is he better than that, he just, it's familiarity, and it's like a family system, right? So this is why I always tell people, too, I was like, if you, you know, if you have a, if you have a family and it's all of a sudden, you know, you got like, let's just say there's like a mom and a dad, they got like five kids, if, if like, if that first older one gets in the NFL, I guarantee you the rest of the kids are going to get in. Yeah, you know, just as long as they go to a good school, and I'm pretty sure that one school that that one kid went to, the first one, whatever, whatever scholarship they got, probably gonna follow suit with the same school and the same route, right? I mean, look at yeah. so look at look at now in the NFL, how many brothers and families are all in the NFL now? You got the Watt brothers, you got the Bosa family, you got so many others now that are like they're starting, it's starting to show, right? pretty man it's crazy it's really crazy you know i mean not taking away from what's talent because the boses are very talented no. the watts are very talented I mean, but... Jesus, the watt family is just ridiculous both families are so ridiculous in terms yeah. of talent i mean geez. the gronkowski i mean the thing is it helps them set that helps set them up to go to the right school too like both are going to ohio state gave them a, a, a phenomenal system to be in a phenomenal program to train in to get him to that level right i yeah. mean and i mean and, I, and that's it you know i mean like and i totally agree with you it's uh it's almost like you have a connection to get in if you're kind of already part of that NFL alumni family. And obviously, like you said, if you are like the first sibling of like a family of however many, you know, obviously, and then your, your brothers or something just look follows at, so your brothers. Yeah. Sorry. Look at, look at the, look at the Sims kids, right? Phil Sims at quarterback. Look at his three kids. They yeah. They're all, all terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Sims, Chris Sims, Matt Sims, and one's a, One's actually really good. He's really good on TV, though. I will give him that. Yeah. But my God, in the NFL, they were terrible. Yeah. And now, um, what are they, now what are they doing? I'm not taking anything away from the person. I'm just talking about skill set. I mean, it's just no. I agree. And now, and now, no. And to your point, now Chris, Chris is now fucking working on the NFL Network, and he's a horrible analyst too. <laughs> so I mean, like, you know, how how do you get the job? <laughs> yeah. You know. So yeah, I totally agree with that. So. No, I'm glad I'm glad someone on my on my show said it, because it's hard to verbalize and not come off as being petty, but it's legitimately yeah. a fact. It's not even yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I don't I don't knock it either. I like you know I tell people I was like I'm not I'm not upset about it. I don't knock it. I just you know I even tell people I was like damn I wish I was a part of it. Like, yeah, you know I mean? exactly. <laughs> Me too, so, man. Um, you know, I, I did everything I could like, and that was the other reason why too. I decided to just call quits because, like I said, I had Jeff Garcia as my quarterback coach. I had Vernon Davis helping me and training with him. I had Mike Holmgren helping yeah. me and training yeah. with me. And I'm like, after all that, I didn't get on the NFL team. Like, you gotta be kidding me. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, so it is. It, it is what. Yeah, it is what it is. You know, I, I think ultimately, though, I mean, what you can hang your head on is kind of your journey. Like, you got mm-hmm. you dominated at every level that you got an opportunity to play at, which is the biggest thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. This, there's no, there's this, this, this is all the talking you need to do. So, I mean, that's how I said that. So that's something you can be proud of. So, hey, yeah. exactly. That's, that's one thing I have at Oak Grove too. I'm the winningest quarterback there for three straight seasons. So. Talk that shit, boy. Say that one more time. I didn't hear that. 
<laughs> uh, winningest quarterback at Oak Grove three years I ago. Know, I think bro. it was like, was like, like, I think I'm like 30, 36, 36 wins, three losses. Yeah. And it's high. Yeah. Fucking, you know what I mean? So, and yeah, I, and I think, you know, I mean, the biggest thing is for me, like the people, I feel like what I hang my hat on, even though, you know, the NFL wasn't a possibility. The biggest thing for me is like the guys who I played with kind of to your point from the, from day one, or the guys who knew me from high school. Right. When I came back from Chicago, so after I was done playing arena and semi-pro over there, they all, my, they all want my autograph. Like, dude, how the fuck did you do this? You know? So, I mean, like you, yeah. and, and you're like, you and I are on the same page. Like, we've gotten enough accolades and we're perfectly content with what we've accomplished, but we're putting this message out there for any of the kids. Cause a lot of Juga kids do follow me on social media. Yeah. They, 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 they need to, they need to understand that if your goal is to get to the highest level, you need to be at the highest stage to get the exposure. Cause I mean, nepotism yeah. is real. Politics are real. The more people, you know, it's not about, it's almost like anything for any job. It's not about what you know. It's about who, you know, it's not about how good you are. It's about who can you get in front of like what Cody was talking about. He wanted to get in front of the coaches. They said no, but he he could have fucking dominated if he wanted to, you know, on on you know on, on different trials he had at the Raiders or whatever. So, and you obviously can attest to that too. So, no, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. That's a definite for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd be happy to. Any 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 JUCO players ever want to reach out to me for advice in terms of like schools that they're looking at in terms of what they want to do. I always say in terms of doing your research, don't just pick, like if you're going to, if you want to go to division one university, don't just pick the division one university based off the name and, and their record. You need to pick it based off the coaches as one, mm-hmm. because you need to make sure that you are happy with the coaches that you're talking to. Otherwise it doesn't matter how the experience is going to be shit. If yeah. You can't get along with your coach. Yeah. It'll be terrible. And you're going to find yourself wanting to leave immediately. hundred um, percent. You know, and then the second thing is, what offense, what defense do they run, right? Does yeah. it fit your style? Are you used to it, right? Are you, you a quarterback go. that's used to three or, three or four wide receivers out of it all the time, and all of a sudden you're looking at to go to school and they run a two wide receiver, two tight end set, two tight end set, and it's just a whole different ball game, right? Right. Pick, your, pick something that's like-minded for yourself that's going to make it easy for you to go into and already have familiarity with it, and it's going to give you a better chance of success. The 100%. same thing on defense as a corner. Are you used to running man-to-man coverage at your JUCO or your high school? Or are you used to running a, uh, a cover three zone most of the time? Like, you know, what what are you used to running on the majority of the time and what are you good at, right? So, like, when you're saying, hey, you're first team all league and first team all state, okay, other than your talent, it was also part of the, the defensive scheme that was being ran at the time that helped you be successful because you were able to learn it fast and be able to pick it up and utilize it. So that would be my, my other – biggest piece of advice in terms of looking at a school and, and where you want to go you know like don't just be like oh i go i was good to go notre dame i got stanford <laughs> i got this or whatever yeah granted look at the school too right like the, the schooling program what you want to do as a major just in case but like yeah granted like, you know you got alabama yeah i want to go to alabama i want to go play there yeah okay great but you know is are you gonna be able to pick up the offense okay you're gonna learn you need to look at your, you need to check the reality in yourself in terms of your learnability of an offense or a defense is it going to be more difficult for you or is it going to be easier for you? Exactly. And to your point, I know that's a great point because I was talking to one of my other teammates, John Marquez, last week. You can now coach this with your, with your, with your boy, Nate uh, at De Anza. We have Nate on tomorrow. And, he, and we're talking about kind of you know, the offers he had. And he went to HBCU. And HBCU, he's a tight end. HBCU, kind of what you experienced at Delta State, it's all fucking, it's all options. It's all just running. 
It's, it's, it's a running, it's, it's, they want the dual threat QB and they want to just run it every fucking play, you know? And yeah. as a tight end, your opportunities are limited. So he made the decision after one season to transfer to Tiffin University and it was the best decision he ever made because then he was able to get his film. He was able to kind of, you know, he, he, he didn't get any NFL buzz, but he was still able to get, you know, continue playing after that. So, I mean, that, 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 and to your point, it's because of fact, you have to know what scheme are you good at? Kind of capital. It's almost like a job. Like, what are you good at? Are you good at, are you good at communicating? Are you good at writing? Are you good at what, what, what's your, what's your skill set? You know what I mean? Correct. Capitalize your skill set, capitalize the strengths and work in a system that's going to work best for you as a player, for anyone who's listening, make sure that you make sure that you, that you know your your abilities, your limitations as an athlete, and you know what system will foster those opportunities or provide you the best opportunities for success, for continued success. You know, whether you're, regardless of position. So, yeah, yeah, 100%. I understand that. So outside of football, man, what else? Well, you got golfing. We got to talk about your golfing career. Actually, no, sorry, you're gonna say something. Good. <laughs> no, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I pick up golf a lot. Uh, last two years because i needed to compete in something so you're being modest you're being modest you're being modest tell me tell me tell tell the listeners what you told me about your swing rory mcelroy motherfucker (laughs) Uh, no i just like i've been training like really hard with it like i've actually been like doing like the golf workouts you're supposed to do with it you know started taking lessons i i started taking these online personalized lessons where like you video yourself and you send them to your guys yeah Uh, his name's uh, george gankis and he's actually uh matt wolf's coach mm-hmm. currently that's on tour and a few other guys that he works with too um currently uh so i've been kind of taking some things up there i'm eventually going to plan to go down there once all the stuff lifts up right so i can go see him in person and get some some real feedback um in terms of that but oh last years yeah like i i was i was a crappy golfer i started out like you know i was like a 21 22 handicap you know shooting in the hundreds and then now i'm all the way down to like a i'm like i'm like at an eight right now eight handicap so I'm like only I'm only eight over par on on average, and my goal right now though is to get down to below seven or below below six, because um, then I can eventually start competing in some of the amateur stuff, right? So there's the amateur championship that's held at uh, Bayonet Black Horse, which is out in Monterey. It's a it's a the three day tournament, um, and if you can qualify in the top fifteen, then you can go towards the the playoffs for amateur championship. So just trying to do that because I need to compete in something and golf. You can play forever pretty much. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, I, 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 I remember, I remember the golf board. He's on TV. He says golf something you can play from when you're eight till you're 80. So, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, and I, I definitely have the swing. Like I match my, I've been matching, I've been doing like uh matching of swing speed versus PGA tour lines. Right. So right now the average swing speed of like Brooks Kepka, um, who's by far my favorite golfer, regardless because of his attitude and how he handled himself. But Rory, you got Dustin Johnson. You got a couple of those guys. Their swing speed is anywhere between 119 to 124, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, with driver. That is. So my swing speed right now is 121 with driver. So my average carry distance right now is currently 300 to 305 in terms of distance. So uh, in terms of driving distance on tour, it's it's there. Granted, you can't count DeChambeau. That's just stupid and asinine. Yeah, he's exactly. driving at like 350, 360. He doesn't give a shit. He's whatever at this point. Uh, <laughs> uh, same thing with Irons, right? Irons is like anywhere between 90 to 94. I'm hovering about 91, 92. So, and I'm getting tour distances. You know, it's so like a seven iron and, and on average is like 185 right now for, wow. for tour guys. Um, so, yeah. So I've been cross-referencing like what I'm doing 
what the average in the tour is, and then trying to just drive that score down. Excellent. Yeah. No, it sounds like sounds like you're you're, you're treating it just like football. <laughs> so laser focus, man. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cause once once hit, once COVID hit, like even my my older company data that I was at, um, like there was kind of like a shutdown a little bit there. So like I had nothing to do for like two 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 and a half months, and I was at that point I went full on golfing like four days a week. It was nuts. Yeah. No, for sure. But I remember you hit me up one time. We're like, oh, like when you want to hit the field, then I'm like, then I forgot. I'm like, let's hit the field. And they're like, dude, I'm golfing now. I'm like, dude, what the fuck, man? So, anyhow. Yeah. Well, hey, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get my training in. <laughs> first and foremost. No, but I, I know, you know, it's funny. If it's obviously, I have my, I have my two year old kid. His name's Wyatt, and uh, he still, he still pushes me in terms of, you know, in terms of running and stuff like that. Because we'll get on this thing, and go down a hill super fast, and I got to sprint, full sprint. So I'm like, oh yeah, it's still full sprint, so it's no problem. So I don't feel like. <laughs> still feel like i'm 18 in terms of in terms of my athleticism so i'm not i'm still not out of my prime yet which is good yeah exactly you know? no exactly granted, well, we i've lost a lot more i just say grant i've lost a lot more weight though i'm not i'm not 200 anymore i'm like 190 now so yeah well it's good man you know you're <laughs> slim and lean you know got you probably got a six Hate pack it. going on i want to go back to my 215 way that was Dude. the best yeah, it's funny. I actually went the opposite. I used to be like, I was undersized my entire, like, most majority of my playing career. I was like 155, and now I'm at 185. So I'm like, all right, sweet. <laughs> Easy money. Exactly. So, exactly. So, yeah. No, you'll, you'll get back. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you're actually, you're, you're close to my weight. Because you're, yeah, you said you're 190, right? Yeah, I'm 190. Oh, fuck, dude. We're the same weight. I like this. Sweet. I'm as big as Kevin. Listeners, I'm as big as yeah. Kevin. Right. <laughs> just, just, just add like four inches and then we're good. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, no, dude. Uh, fucking okay. Uh, any, uh, what else, man? Anything else you want to kind of like, you know, hobbies, anything, you know? No, I mean, in terms of that, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, you know, the other thing I, I'm still, like I said, I'm still kind of a kid at heart. So, you know, I have my work and since everything shut down, like, you know, during my free time that I have, I, you know, I still play some games, still play some PC games online, and I started oh, yeah, streaming I remember, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. I started streaming on Twitch now, so I, I created that and started doing that, see what happens. I already got, like, 20 people following me. It's crazy. Nice, That, that watch me when I play. So Nice. <laughs> but, hey, I looked, at, I looked at it, like, this way. Like, dude, there's this guy, you probably heard of him, maybe, maybe not. This is just the nerd side of me, but there's a guy named Dr. Disrespect, right? And he, like, he started streaming, I think, when he was, like, 33, and he's, like, 44 now and he makes 15 million dollars a year playing video games and streaming. shit dude <laughs> like what yeah like shit hopefully 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 that's gonna yeah. be you and hopefully me with the podcast you know i'd like you me dude i'm like yeah but, you know, but the video game thing is like just it's just a side hobby thing that i'm just yeah, i'm doing if anything happens to it cool if nothing yeah. happens to it whatever it's not the end of the Bingo. world it's just a couple Bingo, bro. No, that's exactly the same my mentality with the podcast, too. It's like, you know, it's like, yeah. But I do, but I I do need to, obviously, since you're in the world of IT, I I need to talk to some software engineers because I I am planning to build kind of my own platform. And because this idea came to me about two weeks ago in terms of recruitment for athletes out of high school Mm -hmm. and how, you know, you know how there's agents for obviously guys coming out of college in the NFL. Yeah. I looked at actually legal to actually have an agent wow. for when you go from high school to college, you just have to be NCAA certified. Wow. Right. Yeah. So, but I want to create a kind of an operating system that allows you to, to find these athletes easier and also athletes to find colleges that are going to fit them better. 
right? Yeah. Basically utilizing analytics, comparisons, and, and kind of artificial intelligence in terms of how they're going to find that and how they want to do that. That's right? it. Yeah. So now, now there won't be like, hey, you know, this, this is also the biggest pet of mine. This quarterback in Timbuktu, Arkansas, is number one in the nation. Why? Why is he number one in the nation? You don't know that. What yeah. about this guy in, in California? He's throwing for 5,000 yards. He's only throwing for three up there. Why is he number one? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, it's because the league he plays in. Okay. Is that league going to play this league? Do you know the, how he would fare in that league? No. How is he number one? Exactly my point. You don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I hate that rating system because it's the most bogus thing in the world. The same thing with what was that, the Netflix thing where they did the high school uh, in Alabama that's, like, number one in the nation? Yeah. The school, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, how are they ranked number one? You don't know. <laughs> you, you don't. You can't. There's, so, there's millions of high schools. How can you tell me that they are number one in football and they, have, have, they haven't played every high school? They, have, they, you know, It's the same thing with um, – there's a couple other schools that always play on, that play on TV. It's like uh, the Latter-day something – St. Mary's High School, a couple other ones. And that's the number one reason why I hate Gay LaSalle. They don't play people out of their own damn division. I swear to God, if they came down to the CCS and played teams like Oak Grove and Las Gattis and, and a couple other ones, they'd get whooped. Yeah. Right? Um, same thing happened my senior year. We tried to schedule Gay LaSalle, and they said, no, we don't want it. <laughs> no. Oh, my Christian didn't want it either because they knew that that whole team grew up together from freshman year all the way through senior year. And we were like a, a unit, dude. And everybody on that line was like six three, six four. You know, uh, our tight Mark Forrest was six six, right? And then um, you know we had Larry at receiver, and we had Nevin, we had Stacy. So I mean, it's just for me, like I said, I, like I said, it's just that's why I want to create this stuff in terms of analytics and all that stuff because I feel like it would give the proper actual feedback as to athletes that are in high school versus this. Rec- was a company called recruit.com and then you got max preps where coaches can't even enter statistics incorrectly yeah uh, you know because they 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 choose some student from whatever math class or whatever they do to, to figure it out and write it down and it's just like same thing you know, same in your thing. head as an athlete you're like i know like as an, even i you know i would call up Nevin and be like hey would you run the second game i guess that he'd be like i ran for like 250 yards and, and some change or whatever, and then he'd go on max press and be like, it only says like 205. So they missed like 45 yards on her. Like, what? Dude, so. same, same, thing, same, thing, same, thing, same thing same thing with the CCCAA website. If you look at it, they, they miss stats. They miss stats. Like, you know, like me and I mean, even for you too, because I mean, you said you had 41. I think they only had like 34 or something like that. They have 30, yeah, because they missed, they missed, they missed uh, one of the bowl games that we played in, and they, and, uh, they missed um, stats on the Hartnell game that we played. We played Hartnell twice. Yeah. Right, because we also we had lost we had lost um, who was it? It's not Fresno, but there's the other school that's down in that area near Bakersfield at the junior college. Bakersfield. Um, they backed out and playing us, and they 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 scheduled somebody else. So we had to play Hartnell twice. So it was a really weird, funky last season at the end. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, they definitely missed that there. And I even, like I even called and sent I was like, hey, dude, the heck, dude, can you get this updated? I did, like, I did the same. On? Yeah, and then and then they told me, oh no, a coach has to do it. And it has to be within a week of the game. I'm like, dude, are you fucking serious? Like, yeah, check it. If it gets missed, it gets missed. Yeah, like, come on now. So dude. nothing you can do about it. But I know Dan's like, I got you. Don't worry about it. I'll put it in the school the school system. It'll be fine. So I was like, yeah. all right, cool. 
Yeah, fortunately yeah, for you, I didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because awesome. even that, like, you look at you look at my you look at my my touchdowns too, and then you look at my yards. It's like it's like twenty five hundred yards. Like, how do I throw thirty touch thirty more than thirty touchdowns and have only twenty five hundred yards passing? Yeah. <laughs> like, dude. Yeah, I threw like I threw like thirty four hundred yards passing. Like, there's no way that yeah. I have thirty touchdowns. It's fucking ridiculous, bro. Or even more than that, and have under three thousand yards. Jesus. <laughs> but um. Yeah, no, like I said, like yeah, if you know any software engineers that can that can do some some small little uh, charity work on an idea, and if you know, hey, if it goes to fruition, then they'd have a job. You know what I mean for the for the company that they helped create. Bingo, yeah, for sure. No, I mean that, that's <laughs> I'll definitely I'll definitely see what's out there. But yeah, man, we definitely gotta do this in person though, man. Shit, I mean it's finally yeah. it's great to finally actually sit down with you. You know, I mean I know obviously we've been in contact for how many years on social media, but now I finally got to actually like talk to you. You know what I mean? I feel like I now we kind of know each other a little better, so it's awesome, man. So yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah, and uh, and and I gotta take you up on golf, even though I don't play, but maybe I don't know football. <laughs> well, pick it up, dude, because that's the only sports you can do right now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm just gonna uh, like look at me. I'm Kevin Vi. <laughs> start doing your start doing your start doing your business start doing your business meetings on the on the golf course. Yeah, for sure, dude, for sure. I got you. So, anyways, Kevin, man, thanks so much for joining. You know, this is great. It's a pleasure, man. Hey, man, we'll we'll see you again. You know, hey. Keep in touch. We'll talk, we'll talk to you soon. Yep. And tell Andrew I said hi and tell uh, Nate tomorrow I said hi as well. Yeah. No, and, and hopefully, I, and, hopefully, and, hopefully and, Nate's got some good stories. <laughs> I know, dude. I'm, dude, I'm, 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 I'm about to grill Nate. It's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. All right, man. Take care. <clears throat> All right, man. Good luck. All right, later.